Hello, my friends, and welcome to a special episode. Today, I am joined by the freaking champ, JoJo Jordan. What a name. I think that's one of the best names in the sport of running at the moment. JoJo Jordan, what a name. Uh, JoJo won NXN in dominant fashion, and I feel like no one talked about him going into the race. Very few people, I feel like, know his story, know of him. And so when he crossed the finish line, I got a bunch of DMs saying, get JoJo on the podcast. I want to hear his story. I want to hear more about the kid, the underdog, the man of the hour. And so that's what we're doing. We're telling the story of JoJo Jordan and his transformational journey from, I think he placed 13th at NXR last year to winning the whole freaking thing. So I love today's conversation. It was awesome to get an inside look at the life, the journey of the champ, JoJo Jordan. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, the NXN champ, Jojo Jordan. Jojo Jordan, the champ, Mr. Man of the Hour. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Super excited for this one. Uh, anytime an upset happens, my DMs get flooded asking for the person to come on. And you're a super unique case because, you know, as you told me a minute ago, you've never really done anything like this. So I'm excited to kind of chronicle your journey and hopefully give some inspiration to the next Jojo Jordan uh, in the making out there listening today. I guess first question for you, like a week ago, if I would have talked to you and been like, you're going to win on XN, would you have believed me? What would the thought have been? I mean, I, I mean, I, I would have thought it could happen. You know, I'd never had my mindset early in the season. I never even thought about winning an XN. Just the goal was just to make it there and have a good time. And, you know, it was just a surreal experience. And I, I'm just really happy for how it to played out. Take me way back in time uh, to early last week. You said you were just excited to be there. Just wanted to make the meet. Just wanted to have fun. What was your realistic goal in your mind? Um... Realistically, I wanted a top five finish. I knew I was fit enough to do it. I knew there was, I mean, a bunch of big names like, you know, Simmons, Cameron Todd, Nathan Neal, all all those guys are just so talented. And I thought top five was doable and I would have been happy, you know, with a with an All-American finish, of course, but the real goal was top five. Okay, for you, I know a lot of athletes travel in on Thursday, some travel in on Wednesday. When did you realize the forecast was going to be as bad as it ended up being? Yeah, I looked at it probably a week out and I was like, dang, this whole weekend is going to be just soaking wet. I saw that it was supposed to rain the entirety of the week, like the the late into the week and then into Saturday and Sunday. And I I mean, I thought it was going to play to my advantage. I, I knew... I was, it was going to be more fun, and here in Utah, we've already got snow. We've already got all of that, so it's been cold, and it, honestly, it wasn't that cold on race day. I, I felt really nice, so it didn't really affect me, but I was excited that it was going to be muddy and rainy and just getting to race like the true NXN type of course. I know two weeks prior was NXR where you qualified for NXN, and those conditions were super bad. Take me through that race and how you feel like it prepared you for the big stage. Yeah, honestly, it was it was insane. Of course, no one thought it was going to be that muddy in Phoenix, Arizona. But uh, around like two, two and a half hours out, it was just started dumping rain and the races were running. So the course just got torn up so quickly. And by the time it was our race, you know, I well, I walked around the course, seen where all the mud was and I was ready for it. But man, it was it was extremely it was a lot muddier than I thought it was going to be. And 
I just got out, you know, decently, didn't get caught up in any of the the big people who just went out kind of fast. I don't I didn't know many of them and then worked together with Austin Westfall most of the race him and I just together. We race a lot. We I have so much respect for that guy. And then coming into about two a mile mile to go, um Danny took the lead and then he took off. So one of my friends, Sam Gitz, went with him, was on his shoulder. And then coming up the final hill, I ended up passing Sam and I mean, got second runner up. So I, I couldn't complain, made, got my spot to Portland. And then it uh, I was excited. You mentioned to me, you know, realistically, top five was the goal. You mentioned how many good guys were in it. But I think something that's unique about this year of running is that it was kind of a toss up. And even like this weekend, as we're recording Foot Locker is also kind of a toss up where it's like, there are a lot of good guys, the depth is there, but there's no like standout per se. And I think people were making maybe an argument for Daniel Sivens with how well he did last year. And I think he was probably the guy people were looking towards, but it was definitely way more of a toss up compared to previous years where it's like, you know, this person's going to win or, you know, Nico Young's going to win or um, whoever it may, may have been. How do you feel like you use that to your advantage in being the underdog? Or again, was the win just like not on your mind at all? Yeah, I mean, I went into it. Into it. I saw a couple of the rankings. Most of them, I mean, I think Miles Split had me at like 31st or something like that. So I came in with no pressure, you know, like I, I, if I performed well, I would be up there. But if not, no one would really notice that I wasn't up there. So coming in without that pressure, I think really just let me race a little more freely. And when I got to the front and made a move, and I think some of the big, like some of the bigger names in the race kind of just didn't go with me. And I think that kind of played a little bit to my advantage. I don't know, like many kids didn't go with me because they didn't either just didn't know who I was or they just thought I was another kid just going to go out there and see if I could push the pace. But then, I mean, it happened and I, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but it, it, I'm really proud of my performance there. You mentioned when you took the lead, maybe some kids were like, yeah, it's just another kid. Do you feel like that ranking 31st and kind of that attitude towards you from other kids, um, not that they're intentionally being disrespectful, but just you haven't proven yourself on the big stage yet. Do you feel like that gave you a, a chip on your shoulder that motivated you to dig deep when it really when it really hurt? Um, Honestly, no. I mean, I hadn't done insanely well to have like some of those guys know who I was and uh, like be looking out for me so I think under I understand why they didn't know who I was and going into the race and then when I made a move but I mean just racing all the guys I had so much respect for all of them hanging especially getting to know everyone was just such a such a great experience all the guys I mean I've seen race you know, setting records and all of that stuff, just being able to be in the same race. And then afterwards, just have conversations, just like we're just guys going on a run. It was, it was a great experience. You mentioned earlier on, you know, racing those Utah guys throughout the season. Do you feel like that helped you uh, as you got to the national meet or even NXR, uh, the regional meet, just with already having, you know, a list of races where you were racing top guys pretty consistently? Yeah, I mean, Utah is just so deep this year. In my season opener, I got fourth, and every single guy who beat me was there at NXN this weekend. So it's just so deep in Utah now that nothing's handed to you. And just having that like insanely high level of competition, like weekend after weekend, is just so good for like competition. 
just getting not used to winning. You know, I get my, I get, I get killed out there sometimes and it's great. You know, yeah, I have to learn to lose. And it's, I think it's definitely helped with my mentality of just getting past losing and yeah, just getting past losing and just moving on to the next race has really helped me. Let's go way back in time to young Jojo and then we can kind of fill out NXN some more. How did you get your start in the sport of running and what were your first impressions of it? Yeah, um, uh, my mom's ran in college and my dad played tennis. So I had nine years of tennis under my belt before I even started running. So uh, in like sixth grade, you know, just did it to hang out with friends, have some fun. Never really took it seriously until freshman year. And then freshman track, I decided to run, do run track instead of play tennis and it really just skyrocketed from there, honestly. Just having tennis was a very individualized sport and not really having that team aspect. And then coming to cross country and track and just have seeing being with all my friends every single day, going on runs, that team aspect really, I think, pushed me towards more towards running. Just being able to be with my best friends every day on the track, doing workouts, everyone's working as just as hard as one another and we're pushing each other to our limits and it, it was just great at what point did you start to get more serious about the sport get more competitive and even more obsessed with how do i get good how do i really see how far i can go within this thing yeah i think it was really um freshman year had fun with the sport and then going into my sophomore year we had a great group of guys great group of seniors that helped really helped build me up and that summer was just really a grind. Honestly, it was my first summer of real mileage and real, real training. And then just with all those, all my teammates and all those guys, we all just grinded together and it was just a very fun experience. And then going into my sophomore year cross country, I took 10th at state and I was like, okay, this could, this could really be something. And then sophomore year track was when I really just kind of blew up. I ran um, 420 at Arcadia in the mile. And then an hour and a half later, two hours later, I ran 907. And that was like the point where I was really surprised. I just kind of surprised myself with how fast I ran. And then from there, it's just, it's just been a grind. Where did Wake Forest come into the equation? Of course, you know, when you run times like that, 907 after already running uh, previously within the meet, it's like, oh, of course you're going to run in the NCAA. For you, what made Wake Forest stand out that made you want to join them? Um, really just the team, you know, all the, it's such a young team and it's just guys my age, guys I've raced with before, just super nice guys. And I mean, when I was there on my visit, I just had a great time. Everyone was so inclusive everyone was just there everyone had the same everyone there had the same mindset of being becoming great and also being academically strong was something really big for me um i take academics very seriously and it was one of those schools that was academically strong and the um the runners who are already there have a priority of academics as well and then just the coach coach hayes great guy i love um his whole like philosophy on running and just every really inclusive always has the guys over and everything. And then also, I mean, just the hardest part for me was how far it was from home. It was my only visit on the East coast. It's like an eight hour flight. So that, that'll be the toughest part for me. But other than that, it was just a great experience. And I'm really excited to see what this young team does. 
I feel like you had a really successful past track season. Can you take me through that track season and how you feel like that set up the expectation for this past fall? Yeah. So coming off um, cross country last year, I got, I think, 13th at NXR. And I that the main goal was I really just wanted to make it to NXN or give it my best shot at least. Um, and I was a little sad when I didn't make it, but um, during the winter, it's really a grind here. So I we just have a couple guys and we – we grinded out during the, the, the snowy days, the, the cold days. And um, after, after that cross-country season, my, my confidence kind of built um, upon the workouts that I was completing and everything like that. And, of course, I went down to St. George. It's, I live at 4,500 feet. St. George is around 2,500. So going down in elevation and running some extremely fast times with, well, I mean, a lot of my friends – it gave me a lot of confidence going into the season. And then Arcadia, um, I just had the full full send mentality at Arcadia. I told myself I was just going to hang on with, with the guys as long as I can. I ended up running 846 to take 10th place, which was – I never thought 846 would be 10th place anywhere. But it was just insane competition. And then after that, took took it a little more chill on the races, got to my state, got to BYU – uh, invite that one was a big one for me I ran a 58 at altitude and then 407 at altitude and it was just that was just a, the biggest confidence booster ever I think it had a 401 high altitude conversion which was insane I, I would have never even dreamt of that and then going into my state meet it was it was tough I got my state meet was loaded last year with guys like Taysen Echo Hawk Liam Henninger um, Sam Hansen all of those guys just insane talent and didn't end up winning a state title. I got second, third and eighth, I think. And I mean, I mean, I couldn't have been, couldn't have been prouder of how I performed there. It was just, it was, it was insane to see the competition. And then Brooks PR, it was a little tougher of a race for me. It was a month after my state meet. So it was kind of hard to train that much farther and then going into Nike just being able to be in that mile with you know Simeon Connor Lex Leo all those guys just to be around those big names was just just a privilege honestly it was just such a cool race to be in and I mean ending that track season I just came off came off that track season with a lot of confidence going into this season you placed 13th at NXR last year and you placed fourth in your first race this year how in the world do you, a few months later, a year later, win the whole thing, the national meet? Yeah, I mean, uh, my season opener, it was a Timpanogos. Uh, it was a tough one to take fourth. I mean, I knew Danny was probably in crazy shape. And then Kyle Stedman and Will Stedman, both insane runners, great guys. Um, but I, after that, I shook it off, went to uh, Woodbridge, to, ran under 14 there and the course is apparently a little long or something and I took fourth which was just giant confidence booster honestly uh it was always a dream to run at Woodbridge it was it couldn't have been better honestly it was it was just the energy the atmosphere it was just crazy it was like Arcadia but for cross country and it was I mean honestly that was that was great and then just slowly building honestly it went week after went to Bob Furman ended up beating Evan Noonan by like half a second or something like that. And that was a giant confidence booster, slowly building into my championship season. And then 
around I just had region, division, and state. Those were uh, great races, obviously. And then um, it's it, it, we do have a little bit of time between our state meet and our NXR meet. We have around three weeks. So that was just a big, big training block for me. Went up in mileage a little bit, big, big workouts coming into NXR and then taking second there as just, I was, I was super proud of that performance. And then those last two weeks building into NXN, I felt great. Didn't feel as good on the, the course preview as I thought I would. I, I was definitely struggling in the mud and the hills. I was, I was a little scared, but once I got on the line, everything just went away and I just, just ran my own race. It seems like you were building momentum every single week, even from Woodbridge to Bob Furman. Um, I think Noonan won Woodbridge, if I'm not mistaken. What was it like to see that momentum come to fruition every single week and even like win and beat Evan? Uh, I think that was a big result and probably a big confidence booster. Yeah, I mean, um, this year I switched coaches um, because I've had I've had incredible um I've had inconsistency with coaching because I, um, at my high school, I've had different coaches every year. But um, I took a risk with a family friend of ours, and I trusted him from the beginning. You know, my parents trusted him. And um, just the workouts and everything came together at the right times. And just the performances also, beating Evan Noonan, just massive confidence booster. Also, Landon Hemeyer was in that race. I knew he was ranked extremely high. He has like a 1430-something PR, so it was really big. I didn't come in with PRs as big as those guys, and just to be able to compete with them at that level was, I mean, just amazing. You mentioned to me in those three weeks you were doing big workouts, up the mileage, off the top of your head, most impressive workout you did going into NXR. Oh, um, it, was not, it wasn't a workout, but I had a, a long run that I did. It was like... 15 it was 100 minutes i was probably around 6 10 ish pace for the first couple like probably through i don't know actually not 6 10 i'm sorry 6 10 like overall around probably 6 30 through the first 10 miles and then um just slowly got faster around 540 530 520 520 um for those last couple of miles and I mean, that was just a big confidence booster. That was my longest run I've ever done, probably by two or three miles or something. And then I know one week I had two big workouts. um, Each had around like 10,000 meters of uh, running in them. But most of my workouts started with something a little longer, like a little more tempo, and then just built into the, the speed and all of the faster stuff, just slowly getting faster and faster. And I think it really helped me out coming into the closing stages of the races and just knowing how fast I can close and having that confidence really just helped me. Do you feel like doing those really long workouts and long runs and training through, you know, the brutal fall of Utah with the snow and rain and cold temperatures, do you feel like, you know, when you look at NXN's conditions, how you did well on them and what you trained in and how you trained, do you see those two things line up? Yeah. I mean, even the the mental aspect of running in the cold the freezing cold is just it's just brutal it definitely it definitely helps i de- i think it definitely helped um coming into nxn honestly everyone was saying it was so cold uh the southwest guys were i mean we were we were chilling with 50 degrees in rain it was it felt amazing for us as 
I, we had, uh, I think it was three of us from the Southwest, three of us from Utah and two of us from Colorado. So we're used to the cold conditions and we were ready for it. And I mean, the Monday before NXN, I ended up doing a workout in the grass, like the snowy, slick, icy grass. And it, I just had no footing at all. And it, it definitely got me ready for that, being ready to just adapt to my condition, like adapt to the conditions that were at NXN. And I think it, it definitely just helped. Take me through NXN, the race, uh, from start to finish in as much detail or as little detail as you want. Yeah, so I talked to my coach the night before and he said, don't get caught up in, he knew that I like getting out hard, like being at the front. And he just said, just relax. Um, he wanted me around 20 to 30 play, 20th to 30th, around three seconds off the lead. I think I was probably a little closer to the lead. Um, I came through the 1K and 15th I believe just stayed really relaxed really um just in the pack honestly I don't get to run in a in a pack like that often so it was definitely different having just so many top tier guys around me and then we came through the 2k um up the hill I made a little I just pushed up the hill and I ended up getting into coming into the lead and I was like okay I'm here now. I can't, I can't back down. So we came down the hill, put a little bit of a surge in, you know, and then took, um, coming back to where all the spectators were, I took a little look around and honestly didn't see any, like the big, big names like Danny, Nathan, you know, all those guys, I didn't see them around me. And I was just thought I might as well put a move in here and put as much as I can on them right now, rather than leave it coming down to a kick. Um, I knew I could kick, but why would I risk it? So I put a move in. I think a couple of guys went with me. There was a there was a turn past the finish where you take a left. It's the it was the second time you took that turn. The mud there was brutal. The your foot just probably sunk in a couple inches into the ground and just could, really couldn't get any traction. So um, that part was definitely hard. I I, I remember that part for the because we had we had to come around that turn one more time and I was like okay I gotta remember this I gotta remember how much what what it's like here where I take a different path or something and then put a little move in up the hill there was like a little lollipop section I don't know if you've seen the course but it's just like a little I don't know what it's called it's a little box that's separated and um put a little surgeon up the hill there and no one went with me and I was just like, okay, this this is where I'm gonna go. Um, I think I had a K and a half maybe left. Um, put a little surge in, went through that giant lake. Um, really, I honestly thought it was one of the most fun parts of the race. Or they pumped like a foot of water out of it, so it would have been crazy if they didn't. And then um, hit the 4K split, and I think I had like two seconds on the field. And I felt honestly just extremely good at that point. And I was like, I'm going to push from, I'm just going to keep pushing and went that I took that turn again and I went on the far, far outside, probably like, I'm not sure, probably like 15 meters from like this, the left side of the course and didn't help me too much. I definitely got out of some of the mud, but there was still a lot of mud out there. And then I saw my future coach, Coach Hazuri, assistant coach at Wake Forest, and 
he was yelling at me. He's like, let's go, baby. Let's go win a national title. And I was like, okay, this is, this is where I can move. Um, probably 600 out. And then coming up those last two hills, I told myself, this is going to be the last hard part. Honestly, if I, if I get up these hills, I should be able to hold off with my, with my closing speed. Got up the first hill. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It's, it's like a wall. Feels like a wall, at least. Took one look back. Um, coming out the top of the hill, I saw um, Cameron Todd and Nathan Neal, and I knew those guys could just absolutely close. So just um, got up the second hill, took it, just started just hammering it, honestly. I was I was running scared down the straight, looked back a couple of times, and then 50 meters out, like 50 meters out, I, I knew that I had it, and it was just from there on out, it was just a blur. At what point in the race did you become conscious that, hey, I can win NXN today? Probably with like, um, I knew, I knew I thought I could win at like two and a half K. I just felt, I just felt so good. But the point where it like hit me was probably a K to go hitting the 4K split and having a gap. I I didn't think I would have a gap on such a deep field. And I was like, okay, this is this is the point where I could actually win a national title, and I'm going to give it all I've got. What were the thoughts, feelings, and emotions as you crossed the line in first place? Throw up the throw up the hand in celebration. What were you thinking? What were yeah. the feelings? Just unreal, honestly. And then turning around and seeing, I'm really good friends with Nathan Nathan Neal. We went on our Gonzaga and Washington visits together. Really, just really nice, great guy. And uh, turned around, gave him a hug, and then seeing my teammates, Austin Westfall and then Porter, they got fourth and sixth, and I was just so excited for them. We really showed up that day um, on Saturday, and I was just so excited to see so many of the guys that I knew just right behind me on my tail, and just really proud of all of them, honestly. And then, you know, got to celebrate, Went couldn't find my mom at first, got and hugged my dad and then found my mom and um of course coach azuri and then my also my coach and it was just a great experience honestly i couldn't ask for anything better how do you feel like this shifts the expectations for quite frankly the rest of your running career i mean this is this is big man yeah i mean it's like a level up now i mean people are going to be expecting me to do great things during track and i think it'll put a little bit more pressure on me but I think it'll be good to just help push me harder to my limits and, of course, setting big goals for the track season. From a guy who placed 13th at his regional meet last year, didn't even make the meet, to a year later winning it all, what is the biggest takeaway you want people to take from your personal story and progression over the past year or two? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you, you don't become a champion overnight, honestly, and you don't become one by yourself. I've had everyone's helped me up my teammates my coach my parents everyone it's it's just it's tough it's not it's not possible by yourself and it takes time so just being patient honestly just having and enjoying the sport too um that's one thing that I'm big on you have to enjoy it if you if you're if you want to be good you have to enjoy all the the hard runs the ones that are bad the ones all the bad results and then the good results, the highs and the lows, you you just have to enjoy everything. And, you know, I'm big, I'm a big team guy. I love my teammates, my team. They've definitely pushed me and inspired me to do better things. 
And it's just, honestly, it's, it's surreal that I get to call myself national champion and everyone around me should be saying, like everyone who's helped me to get this point is so proud of me and I wouldn't be where I am without them. Has the wind set in or is it still uh, not quite there yet? It's still, it hasn't fully sunk in, honestly. It's still surreal. Um, I got home and my friends, they they had a little party for me when I got home, a little surprise party. And it was just, I mean, it, it's, it hasn't fully sunk in, honestly. What would be the final takeaway message you want to leave with our audience today? For those who listen to you and your story, uh, you know, heard the underdog Cinderella story, what would be the, the biggest takeaway um, in relation to running, life, whatever it might be? Just final words before we get into some Instagram rapid fire questions. Yeah, um, honestly, like I said before, I mean, you don't become great overnight and by yourself. It's just you need people to be help you up and there's always going to be someone that can help you. Um, having my parents, my coach, everyone, they, you need to just trust everyone that's trying to help you. Honestly. Yeah. It's just, it just takes time. I mean, I was nowhere. I wouldn't have ne- never even dreamed of being here freshman year running like 10, 24 and getting last place on my state meeting track. I mean, it's just taken so much hard time and work. And if you have the drive and the dedication, you can do anything you really want. It's just, it's just how much time and how long you're willing to be patient and wait for the results. It's, it's, that's just the main thing. Jojo, I haven't done Instagram questions in like legitimately months, but I knew when I had you on, I knew the people would want to have the option of asking the man himself a personalized question. So let's go rapid fire through these unless you want to elaborate. First question uh, from Gabe. How did it feel being the underdog? Um, Felt good, honestly. No pressure at all. Just went out there and raced my race. If if it didn't go to plan, I mean, no one would have seen that I didn't perform the way I wanted to. And it was, I mean, I think it felt good. Yeah. Mateo asked if he could only ever use one running shoe for all training, which shoe? I love the the Cloud Monster, the On Cloud Monster, one of my favorite shoes. Another question from Mateo: What is his go to pre race dinner and breakfast? Ooh, I mean, it's 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 always just pasta. Depends what kind of pasta I'm feeling. And then honestly, I don't have any set breakfast. I do like having like eggs and hash browns. Those are, I mean, that's what I normally have. But I mean, bagels. I love ba- I like having bagels on race day and stuff like that. It, there's nothing that I have set in stone that I will have to eat. Jackson asked recovery tips. I'm um, personally, my mom is a massage therapist. So ultimate hack, ultimate hack. (laughs) I get get massages maybe once every two weeks. Um, I'm big, big foam roller guy, honestly, foam roll so much. uh, Probably. Yeah. Once a, once a day. And um, yeah. That foam roller, massage gun, just really trying to stay on top. Personally, I have never, I knocked on wood. I've never, I've never been injured during my high school career, and it's just been because I, whenever I feel something or um, anything pops up, I go immediately to one of my coaches, Reed Erickson. He always gives me a little, um, you know, some little workout to do to strengthen that area, and then I'll just keep doing it, and it's, it's been really helpful. Note to self is to 
to get a mom or tell my mom uh, to become a licensed massage therapist. Okay, question from Asher. What was your mindset through the last mile of the course? Um, oh, it was just kind of just go go hard. Honestly, like it, at that point, I was in the lead, and I didn't want to relinquish it. Honestly, I just I was just telling myself, if anyone goes, I'm going with them. I'm here to win, and now that I'm here at the front, might as well go for it from farther out than leave it down to a kick. Question from a username I cannot pronounce because there's no uh, name in there, really. It's like and underscore trat. Half tights or split shorts? Um, split shorts during the cross-country season, but most definitely half tights during the track season. Another question, why do you run? I run for my friends, honestly. I just have a great time with all my guys and just all the conversations we have, all the all the good times, all the memories I've had with past teammates, former teammates, hopefully future teammates. It's it's just really, that's why I run. Not sure the context behind this question, but a question from Aaron. What is the first thing you're going to do when you get the Nesquik, if that's how you say it, Nesquik, NIL deal? Uh, this is, this is, uh, I, I'm a big Nesquik supporter. I've always wanted, you know, some free chocolate milk on my doorstep. Um, I honestly, I love it. I love that people caught onto this so quickly, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, if, if I ever got anything with them, I would just, I, I supported them for so long. I got, I have Nesquik after every workout, every long run, strawberry chocolate milk is my go-to. So Bold take. just, it would be a dream come true, honestly. <laughs> okay. To the, to all the CEOs and executives at Nesquik, uh, hit my boy Jojo up. Uh, Landon <laughs> asked track hot take. Um, 800 is the hardest event for sure. It's like all out sprint for two laps. It's, I don't know if that's a hot take, but definitely the hardest event. Jack asked, what is your favorite workout? Ooh, um, during the track season, I had a big confidence booster one. It was three by 400, 600, 400, 200, um, 400s at mile pace, 600s, two seconds slower per lap, um, then mile pace. And then the 200s were supposed to be around 28 27 and that one one of my favorite workouts of all time i was with a teammate um he had a shorter a little bit of a shorter workout so he hopped in some of the reps with me and just being able to grind together it was just an amazing workout another question from kayla but what is your favorite song um hips don't lie by shakira honestly that's my that's my go-to, you know, pre-race. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I don't I'm not a crazy music guy, but definitely. I mean, my teammates make fun of me for that, but I it's just it's just an amazing song. Jared asked, "Did you think you had the quote it factor end quote to make the move you did and win? Was it all instinctive?" The the it factor? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, the it factor. Um, I just felt good honestly. Like I felt good put a, when I made a move up the hill. Honestly, I didn't think – I thought the course was going to be harder. I didn't – I heard people saying it's like the hardest course. You know, it's it's always so hard. I, I didn't think it was that crazy hard of a course. And I saw people slowing down, and I just – I mean, I just went for it. I had nothing to lose. It's my senior year, just having fun out there. 
Matt Anderson asked, "Is it buzz season, my king?" Buzz season? I don't. I don't know what that means. Like, like, like I think shave your head. Yeah. Oh, no, I think I think I'm gonna try to grow it out. Honestly, my hair's it's it's annoying like having curly hair like this. But I'm maybe I I'm definitely not gonna buzz it. I would. My teammates would never hear. Let me hear the end of that. <laughs> A man by the name of uh, Colin Eck name dropping you, Colin. Love you, bro. Why is Colin Eckerman the best Southeast individual and is going to win Footlocker? <laughs> I heard there's a. I was I was sitting with the the Southeast boys. I mean, I had uh, Tommy Latham as my roommate. Great kid. I, I love that guy. But uh, I heard there's a lot of beef between um, Colin and uh, Berkeley Nance. You know, they've been going at it. They've been they've been um, talking trash. You know, they've switched off races. I think. Colin just barely got uh, Berkeley at, at the at the line and NXN. So there's been a lot of trash talk between those two. So I'm excited to see what happens between them. JoJo, the final question, this one's from me, that I ask every single guest on every single episode. If you had Gordon Ramsay coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? To make for him? Yeah, Chef JoJo, which actually has a nice ring to it. Oh, I don't know. This, one, this is tough. Um... Um, honestly, my favorite meal is pasta carbonara. I mean, my dad's taught me to, to make it a little bit. And I think just because I like it so much, I think I, I that's, that's something I would go with just to see if it's, it's not a crazy meal, but it's just something simple that I, that I like. And I think you'd enjoy Jojo. I'm so proud of you. So cool to see you, uh, absolutely crush it on Saturday and win a national title as a fan of the sport. I can't think of a better ending, uh, to NXN. So super excited for you. Super excited to see the incredible things you do. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and, and do a deep dive into the season and life of Jojo Jordan. So keep crushing it, my man. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. It's been, it's been a great experience. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at the running effect. I hope your running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.